The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Yes, so we'll take a pause when coffee is ready. Um, I kind of miss, you remember those days when we had the pot of coffee sitting right beside us when we were doing these podcasts? Yeah. And it would just bubble away in the background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss those days. Maybe we should just get a second pot, a uh, uh, second coffee machine up here. Maybe we, we might do that because Roland drinks a lot of coffee and he would appreciate Having a coffee machine in the the room. Yeah. Yeah. Although we also talked about, talked about turning something upstairs into a kitchen. So maybe we'd put it up there too. But um, welcome back everybody. Um, Those of you that listen from week to week, we appreciate it. Um, We never talk about it, but we do appreciate the, uh, the two or three of you that listen regularly. Um, (laughs) Okay. I definitely want to dive in to this thing, this new news that you've not been telling me since you got here um you have you probably don't have them but no you, i ordered you, you ordered new toys yes what did you get uh i got the dine audio three ways that we were talking about last week you did hey yeah i i found a review on gear sluts and is comparing them to uh um some like what is it the company called again company with the ribbon tweeters adam yes right. they're comparing them to like some adam three ways and okay things like that um some two ways in there too they were just looking at speakers in the uh two grand range right and what were these um these uh these these particular ones you got these are the uh, uh Dyn Audio. Oh, is it LYD 48s? LYD 48s, yeah. Okay. I just want to bring them up so I can I can look at their prettiness. Yeah, so 8-inch and 4-inch drivers with a, I think it's just a 1-inch horn. That's plenty. Yeah. Um, and you got the matching pair. Of course, you got them white. Black. White is <laughs> fucking... I don't understand why they make that series in white. It's ugly. Uh, like even the the two way speakers, just they they don't look good. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to picture what white speakers would look like down in downstairs in the control room. I can't I can't think of it. Well, like I get it. They they go for white because it's different, and they think it's going to be eye catching. And lots sell. of companies do that though. Lots of companies make a white version. Well, I know. Yeah. But to make your default version white. <laughs> Uh, and you got a um, you got a good deal on them, yeah. Through work, yeah. Cool. I'm saving four or five hundred bucks on on the, the speakers. Pair. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. And then also, I'm getting a Antelope Audio Satori. 
with controller. You really? Yes. Wow. Really? Yes. Man, what made you what made you go to uh, what made you go to that? Um. Well, I'm I'm tired of the big knob that I have. Right. I'm gonna probably trade it in uh, when I can. <clears throat> and I was yeah. looking at monitor controllers in general just to see what what I wanted. Right. And like as I was looking, I was looking at like dangerous audio and some other ones. Some mm. that were like, Oh, this looks like it would be perfect for me and then I look at the price tag and it's just like three grand. Yeah. No. <laughs> Wasn't this a Tory three grand? Uh, so close to it. Twenty five hundred is the retail for the rack with the remote. Uh, if you just buy the rack unit, though, it's like twenty one hundred or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so you're not getting the remote. I am getting the remote. You are getting the remote. Okay. My my deal with the remote is like two grand, twenty one hundred or something like that. Okay. Um, man, that's nuts. That is nuts. Yeah. Got Talkback built in too. Uh, Talkback mic built in both the rack and, and the, remote. the remote. Yeah. And you can plug in your own Talkback mic via USB or um, directly into the back of it. Yeah. Sweet. That's nuts, man. Yeah. That is nuts. Um, trying to remember what the other specs are. Uh, eight channel summing. Is it eight channels? Um, it looks like it. I didn't see any summing inputs. Not on the, um, not on the remote, but on the Satori itself. Yeah. It's got, it's got summing on the back. Where? Um, like I saw the summing out for monitoring the summing but uh, I didn't see anything for inputs that would suggest that they were the summing inputs yeah well there's there's um, channels one two three oh there's channel there, there's eight stereo inputs uh, yeah so there's channels one left and right two three four left and right channels five through eight are um, via um, uh, DB25. DB25. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to use those as my monitoring, like my headphone mixes. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to take the through out um, to then go to the headphone amps or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know. This thing has a ridiculous amount of inputs. I'm going to probably use a pair of those inputs for um, people can plug in a phone or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then that leaves me with four inputs or two stereo inputs. To yeah, which can be both your monitor or your um, your main monitoring inputs. So you're not going to do any summing through this then? Probably not. I'm mostly going to use this as a, a monitor. Okay. Uh, I might do some small summing. Like I might use channels two and three for like 
very small amounts of summing because I, I don't see myself doing a whole lot mm. of summing. Fair enough. Enjoy the fact that it has like four headphone outs and a sub out. Mm -hmm. It would be nice though if the rack unit had a button on it to control um, the sub. The rack unit to have control of the sub. Yeah, on the remote there is a button to turn off and on, on the uh, the subwoofer. Oh, okay. But there isn't on the rack. I gotcha. I'm going back and forth between them here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have a subwoofer, but I might get one. I understand. Because depending on how much low-end these speakers create being mounted in a wall, I might need a subwoofer to counter whatever is going on. Shouldn't if it's designed properly, right? It shouldn't. Because the, uh, the Dyn Audio... Um, I already know the wall thing. Like, it is a pretty high cut that they do. The wall creates a high... Uh, the, the wall mode in the LID. Like, I, I was looking at this on a pair of the 7 inches at mm -hmm. work. And, like, when I engaged the near wall mode that it has on the back, it just cut out a lot of the low end. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the back here on um the Sweetwater site. And it's uh I'm just quite on the antelope site. Oh I'm sorry, I'm on I'm on looking at the Dyn Audio. Oh. Yeah. Um That's awesome. Okay, so so what made you well, I got a port on the back too. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like that it's rear ported. Yeah, I'd much rather it be front ported because I'd be more. So then, why did you suitable? Why did you decide the, on these ones? Because there are front ported. Because units. I don't want to pay two thousand dollars per speaker for the ones that would be front ported. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I could just make a pseudo baffle in the wall. You could just, you could also just make them freestanding. No. They're going in the wall. What's your reasoning behind putting them in the wall again? Um, for the, for those listeners that don't know, um, the, they could be freestanding, which means they're sitting in the middle of the room, not up against a wall or inside a wall. Um, well, or they could my be reasoning the is strictly like space, uh, more or less. Um, so I want them in the wall because when you're placing speakers, you need to to use the rule of three. So it has to be in one of the, I don't know. It could yeah. be either in the wall or it could be one third of the room away from the wall, or it could be two thirds of the room away from the front facing wall. So you're, now you're, this rule of three, you're talking about the listening position, not the monitor position. Because it's the monitor, it, it's the, it's your The monitors position. have to follow that same rule. But they can't, they can't physically possibly do that and have the listener sit on the th one third line. Well, if you have them on the one third line, then your listening position has to be the two third line. You know, that, that, no, that's yeah, not how that, it works. That's how it works. That's not how it works at all. 
It's always the listening position. I talk to acousticians about this. And, and, and I'm sure whoever you talk to is wrong because everything I've read says that it's the listening position that falls on that one third or two third line. Uh, the it's speakers not, have to the... be follow that same rule. I'm All right, fairly confident. Okay, you be you be confident. We can go, we'll, we'll look it up while we're getting coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you so you want to put them inside the wall um, because of space reasons. What is the there, there is an acoustic benefit, and I can't remember specifically what it is. What is the acoustic benefit of them being inside the wall? Um, I don't know. Some people say that if you have them in front of a wall, you build up a lot of bass, even if you have bass traps behind them. Um, I've heard the same just thing. Just because of the nature of kind of how bass is produced in a sense. Right. Like that's that's what a baffle is is just a wall mm. for sound and then it bounces back. So, and I have kind of experienced it a little bit. Mm. Like, oh, I don't feel like my speakers are producing enough low end. I'm going to move them closer to the wall, and then they produce more low end as a result. Right. But having them in the wall theoretically gets rid of that. Um, that phenomenon right. or whatever you want to call it and then all you're hearing is directly what's coming from the front face of the assuming of course that you have the proper um, baffling inside the wall the proper absorption yeah. built into the wall right yeah. otherwise otherwise that just acts as a base amplifier yeah which I don't know may or may not be a good yeah. thing Th that might be why that might be why the um this base mode um the wall uh mode? yeah the wall. sorry the wall mode cuts out so much bass because they know that 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 is what happens well um, the, 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 they're marketing them as near fields and they know that a lot of people like to place their speakers close to a wall mm. Um, but the rule is, is if you're at least a foot away from the wall, you shouldn't need, mm -hmm. um, that, that cut. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that. And we'll just use that cut, even if they're a foot away from the wall. Yeah. That's weird. People are, this is why people should read user manuals. I didn't get that foot away thing from a user manual. I got that from reading about acoustics and trying to place your speakers in certain places. I would, I would think that'd be the type of thing that would be in a user manual though, specific to that speaker, right? Um, <clears throat> speaking of user manuals, totally tangent. Did you know the Dizengoff audio shut down? No. Yeah. Apparently they shut down just before Christmas. I heard of a lot of companies shutting down like around Christmas season though. Who else? Um, I'm not sure. I just, hmm vaguely remember hearing about like a handful of companies just no gotcha. longer doing things yeah. i I'd, i think i'd finally come to the conclusion that i wanted one of their or one or two of their of their um very moot compressors mm -hmm. yeah, and now no. you can't get them no i can't get them well secondhand market yeah which will probably go up now that you yeah. can't get them yeah right yeah um okay so so the control room is is finally starting to come together so far we have the plan of it is yeah yeah 
So, so, but you've you've made um, you've ordered. Did you put these on layaway? Uh, or? I special ordered them, which automatically turns into a layaway when okay. they arrive. Gotcha. I have a thousand dollars towards them. Nice, sweet. Which is one fourth of the price. Fair enough. Okay, I have to find a way to get three grand. You have a little bit of time, though. Like, oh, I know I have time. When I are just, you guys? When are you guys moving into the house? Uh, still got at least a year, right? Uh, okay. left. So yeah, I, I know I have plenty of time, but I also would like to get a Goliath, which is going to cost me another five several. or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a total of like near 10 grand to try and find <laughs> gotta come up with money yeah um cool so you have control room more or less settled because you have your new computer which mm-hmm. is plenty yep um you have new monitoring are you gonna hang on to your existing what do you have for monitors right now i can't remember i have yorkville ysm sixes oh you got the sixes yes crazy um okay and i also have um a baritone mm-hmm. uh, the behringer are you gonna uh, hang on tone you're gonna hang on to those as well yep yeah yeah i'm gonna use the, I, I i need to have the ysms because i'm i know those speakers incredibly well so yeah it doesn't make sense to get rid of them that's fine. i like the sound of them they're they sound good uh but the Dyn Audios, they'll have more detail to them, at least from my listening tests when I was mm-hmm. at work, when I was comparing the 7-inch uh, the to the 8-inch. Um, the 7-inch Dyn Audio to the 8-inch uh-huh, Yorkville. Yorkville. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The Yorkvilles seem to have like a more muddy low end to them. Okay. Whereas the Dyn Audios, they sound very... Crisp and clear and very detailed. So why'd you go with the eight-inch Dyn Audio instead of the seven-inch? I was just wanted a three-way. Oh, the the seven-inch isn't a three-way. No, it's a two-way. Gotcha. I understand. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So I'm looking for a speaker that has like insane amount of detail, which all my knowledge of how speakers work, <laughs> the three-way should do exactly that. Right. And I mean the the two way seven inch it sounds fantastic, but the if I could get more detail out of more. the three way, I, I I would rather go that route. Sweet, cool. Okay, let's um let's take a break. Let's go find some coffee. coffee. Okay, and uh, then we'll come back and we'll talk more about. And you'll argue with me some more. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. That's what James does. We'll see. We may. <laughs> okay, back right after this. You're going to fix your old Motu interface. Interface. Oh, that's the 8 Pre. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, so I'm going to... How are you going to integrate that with with the Goliath? I'm just going to use the preamps in it. Oh, it just has like in and out direct? I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look at the back of the thing, but I'm fairly confident that it is in and out. That's fair. I, I would I would hope so, right? Yeah. I was just assumed that it was that it was in had to go through firewire or USB or whatever, and then I and mean, then, if I have to, I'll just get somebody some, like who knows electronics better than me to, to wire that 
Yeah. Because th- th- that's what I would want it for is just eight preamps. And then I would have 24 channels of preamps mm-hmm. right off the get-go. Yeah, I suppose. You don't have any other preamps? Uh, well, just I have the, a... I guess the York filler. have the a art. tube a MP or whatever it's called. Yeah. Just a single one of those. Gotcha. And you like the... to get like a 610 though. If I was going to go the tube route, that, that that's what I'd want. But I think I'd probably get the compressor preamp combo. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to um, Terry Tran last week, right? Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to him. And he, he mentioned how much he loves optical compressors. Um. That'd be your 1176 styles, right? No, no. Uh, that's the FET. We're talking to LA-2A, okay. um, LA-3A, which you love. I love the LA-3A. I don't yeah. care as much for the LA-2A. I don't understand why it gets so much love. It's, well, the LA-3A I don't think is such it's a terrible. faster response. I just don't think, oh, maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. Because you tend to like the faster response I've, compressors. I've, I've heard, and I might have might have even read it somewhere, but obviously i don't read much um i've heard that the la3 has like a like a um variable um attack but it's somewhere between one and three milliseconds program dependent i think if you switch it from compressor to limiter mode it does change the attack a bit if Mm. i remember correctly but I, i remember reading something along the lines of like it's gonna be barely noticeable if at all hmm that's fair. So I never worried about the attack when switching to limiter mode. I just know limiter is, well, I can't even remember what the ratio was, but it's not even like current limiters. It's, yeah, it's like, like the, like the LA four, the LA two, um, limiter mode is a, is it four to one? I think it's the same for the LA three A is like four to one or maybe six to yeah. one at most. That's what the um, the the LA six ten that I have downstairs. The optical compressor in there, limit mode is four to one, and compressed mode is two to one. Okay, yeah. four to one is my default. Mm. Yeah, same. Same. I even discovered that before I knew anything about the eleven seventy six. That four to one's your four to one is just a just a magic. A magic default spot um, it's, it's a good default spot and it's mm-hmm. like a good amount of gain reduction i i started using it i was on the road with a country band and what i'd been taught about compressors um amounted to this when the volume gets louder turn the fader down when the volume gets quieter turn the fader up that's what compressor is <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so that's all i'd learned about compressors to this point i mean i'd use them yeah and, but i didn't really you know it was all trial and error right and so i was working with this country band um i was on a five-week tour with them through western canada and northern northwestern states and whatever they were just a bar band you know they weren't anything special a handful of fist fights amongst the members because the guitar player was a dick um this is the same guy that 
wouldn't let anybody else use his um power like his is uh he, he had this long extension cord with with five um outlets on it mm-hmm. and only his guitar amp was allowed to go on it because if anything else went on it he felt like his guitar amp would be starved for power that's not how power works <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we'd plugged in the entire stage to his power bar, maybe his guitar amp would be starved for power. I th- but you'd probably start a fire. <laughs> like you'd, trip, you'd trip a breaker, maybe. Yeah, the yeah. very least. But anyway, so um, <clears throat> so he had this he had this really obnoxious, and it was a country guitar tone. Mm-hmm. He had this really obnoxious, all over the place guitar tone um, that would get really spanky and just kind of meh but the four to one solved it and on it it took me it took me three or four days to even even stumble on that but you know like okay well maybe if i just turn the ratio up i'll get more of a and suddenly when i when i got to four to one because i i'd been i'd been a dedicated two to one guy Mm -hmm. i set it to two to one forget about it that's that's kind of where i you know i'd play more with the attack and release settings right um once I hit, once I hit four to one, it was just like this magic moment. You know, his guitar tone suddenly felt like it was, or his, his guitar volumes suddenly felt more in line, more just smoother. Hmm. And and so I started thinking, well, what if I, maybe I'll, the lead singer is kind of all over the place. Let me turn it up. Then I got to four to one. And, and again, lead vocals just kind of started to jump out. It was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, they're great. I think I was, I think on that tour I was using, um, like eight channels of Elisa's thirty six thirty compressors. Oh, yeah, yeah. So every single one of them was compressing and distorting at the same time. And it was pretty gnarly. <laughs> some in the good, some in the bad. Yeah, but that was also that was also the same tour where I figured out if I. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to change the volume of a guitar, but if I, if I found a, once I found a mid range frequency that was kind of his guitar solo range mm-hmm. on the parametric EQ, I would just turn that down when the, the singer was singing and turn that frequency up for his guitar solos. And I wouldn't ride the fader at all. I'd just ride that. I would just ride that, um, that, that EQ. Hmm. Yeah. That made, uh, yeah, made his nasty high end grossness not ever be an issue because I could I could turn it all down to a nice level and then just boost this mid range. Okay, yeah. I'm sure the audience appreciated it. I had more more than one occasion uh, a waitress would come up to me and thank me for not being so loud. Hmm. Yeah. I appreciate those comments because yeah. I don't want it loud. I don't either. Mm-hmm. The show I went to last night night was loud enough. What'd you go see? Uh, Confusionaires. Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, Fat Dave Johnson is in that band. Oh, was that one of his new bands? Yeah. Mm. Gotcha. And it was really loud. Where was it? Uh, Blues on White. Mm. Speaking of venues, did you hear that Mercury Room was closing down? I heard a rumor uh, that Mercury Room was closing down, but I haven't heard anything official. 
haven't gone looking either, but you haven't heard about it, so maybe it's not true. I've heard rumors that the main guy from the Mercury Room is getting out of it and that there are other people who mm. are taking over. Um, and then, I don't know, it, apparently it's going to be rebranded as the Mercury Room too. if I'm thinking of the correct venue. I, I hear a lot of things about a lot of venues all the time, so right. I, I sometimes confuse them, but I did hear something about a venue losing its main guy and then some other people are taking it over, but doing so in a way that uh, it's not approved by some <laughs> of the local people in the scene or in the community. Fair enough. Maybe we'll have to pay attention to it, see if it sparks our interest again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I read, I take that back. I saw a preview of a, let me see if I can find it here, um, of a new, do you pay attention to puremix.net at all? That's uh, I've seen some of their videos, but I, I don't really pay attention to them. So they, they've, they've started this new series where they have, um, where they have big name pros do a two to three hour video breaking down a mix that they've done mm-hmm. and, and, and basically re going through the process of mixing it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Sheps has done one. The, the, the newest one is um, Chris Lord algae. Yeah. I don't care about that guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't really want to talk about him, but it, there was something that he proposes in the video. And of course I'm not a subscriber, so I haven't actually seen his full proposal, but they're really, they're really pushing this, um, this thing to promote his video. Right. And what it is, and I don't want to talk about at CLA. I want to, I just want to talk about this thing. What it is, is he doesn't use, or he claims not to use reverb on direct microphones. He only uses reverb on the bus. I've done that. Like I've experimented with that and it makes sense. That used to be my default. It, it makes sense. I've been playing with gated reverbs. Lately. Oh, really? Yeah, I had fun with it. Uh, a mix that I'm currently still working on. How are you it's using a spec the gated? mix? But uh, um, I found, or I got like good levels, and I, I I was getting decent tone out of the drums but I noticed that the kick drum wasn't as big as I would like. And the, uh, the snare just, it was super dry. So it just, just, it needed more body. Right. But at the same time, the mix was so dense that I can't just have a, a, a reverb, uh, cluttering it up, muddying it up. Right. So to try and get the best of both wor- worlds, uh, what I did is I I started by sending my snare to an auxiliary track, but I sent it twice yes, because I, 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 I this is how Reaper works. <laughs> um, so okay. the auxiliary track that I have, I have channels one and two, and that's going to be the audible channels. Mm-hmm. And then I had channels three and four, which are going to be the side chain channels. Mm. So I, I sent the snare to that reverb twice. Once, uh, as, once to once channels direct. one and two, once to three and four. 
and as, as a so then i have a, a a reverb and i picked a ridiculous reverb it had something like a five second tail or something like that weird uh but it sounded cool so whatever i, I, I just kept it but then i had a um a gate after that mm. which then only opened uh like it opened like the millisecond a snare hit came through right but it closed uh, i don't know i think i set it to like four f- four to six hundred milliseconds is when it closed sure and it, that sounded cool it's yeah. just like oh i got the the that reverb sound that i'm looking for out of the snare okay but it doesn't clutter up the mix because i don't have this super long tail it's only there for a moment so like whatever mud it's creating is very small mm-hmm. time um so then i thought oh maybe i should try that with a kick drum so i did the same thing with the kick drum except its release is something like 200 milliseconds so it was okay. really quick if you listen to the auxiliary track itself it sounds like complete garbage naturally but like you add it in with the drums like i i soloed the drum bus and then i uh blended in tastefully well yeah of course yeah uh, that's a given but like i got rid of like i muted those aux tracks yeah. just to see like what it did and it's like a really dry drum sound type thing and then i brought them back in it sounded like it was in a large room okay despite the fact that the reverbs don't sound good by themselves fair enough <laughs> but like it doesn't have a ridiculous long tail or anything like that hmm. It was interesting. It was like, I have a very short reverb tail, but it cuts out, allowing other things to take up that space. Hmm. Cool. What what style of song? Uh, it was like a... It is a metal song, but it's not like a very heavy hmm. metal song. Gotcha. Um, they originally had like a very smacky kick drum, but I destroyed that and made it more thumpy because <laughs> i felt like it, it a thumpier kick drum was a fit the song fit better. the song better yeah that's fair um now i have to do things with the the bass guitar just to clean up the low end because i've committed to the the kick drum having the low end hmm. which shouldn't be hard like the, the bass guitar is distorted so any super lows i i don't need yeah one of the consistent low end critiques I get back from um from mastering engineers is the hundred and fifty range in the bass guitar um the well often when i get when i get um uh, changes mm-hmm. requested from the mix and or from the mastering engineer it involves something in that in that 150 range drop the bass there um one guy even said it makes the bass get kind of pillowy um as he pushes the level yeah. and it, it's it's really subtle change like i'm i might only drop decibel and a half maybe maybe as much as three um but i find it just like opens up the low end huh. yeah remarkable i i am um, not something i ever expected and it's it's such a subtle thing that if I'm not paying attention for it, I may not notice, Mm. but definitely, definitely makes the, makes the attack of the kick drum, um, come through a lot more. 
I might have to check that out see mm. if, if this base is the same right yeah and, and and it's always it's always somewhere in there right yeah but uh yeah it, it, i um i did not expect it even even when the first guy asked me to do it mm-hmm. um i did so very skeptically turned it down not expecting anything to really happen and i think by the time i got to two decibels i was like oh wow kick drums jumping out just a little more and the bass scene still sounds full but more focused wow i definitely needed that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so one of the ways excuse me when i when i started mixing years ago um i used to just put i used to just put reverb on the master fader no word of a lie i used to take a simple cubase reverb plugin back when i was still mixing in cubase and i'd put it on the master fader or the mm-hmm. two, two bus and just play with the wet mix and i, I would usually have it like six percent wet something you know and it was always a subtle subtle churchish kind of but short yeah. um reverb <clears throat> and i've i've totally gotten away from that um, but I was talking to, I was talking to one of my interns, John, the guy that, um, he runs the rock metal show. I think that's what it's called. Um, and, uh, and he was saying that he's been, that this is how he's been doing most of his just kind of like altogether reverb. Um, and now of course he was running at like 10 or 12% and he was always confused why his songs sounded or his mixes sounded so reverby. Um, but it made me, it made me want to do that all over again. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try that here again. I did that when I was starting out before I knew what parallel processing was. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is I think, I think I'm going to run, I think I'm going to run a, like just a parallel, parallel um, reverb into the mix bus okay just uh just a little bit of everything in there yeah that's fair i've done that before and i just on the 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 master bus though i I wouldn't do it but yeah well i mean you're you're um you're you're subjecting your master bus to whatever other processing that plug-in is doing right uh, th- there's that, but I also find it's easier just to make a parallel uh, channel, mm-hmm. and, and then I can do some ridiculous things with that. Like I could be pretty heavy-handed and not worry about it messing up the mix because I can yeah. just turn down the level, right? So I can get that reverb to sound the way I want it to, and then I can just adjust how loud it is separately from the rest of the mix. Yeah. Instead of like having to mess with everything to try and get it to work. <laughs> So, oh, that, I'm very much a work smart, not hard person. <laughs> you do say that. Yeah. Hey, oh, um, another thing that popped up. Um, have you ever, have you ever used, um, event speakers? I don't mean like an event, but the company event. Oh, no, no. All right. I just had someone offered to trade me something for a set of event 2020s. Okay. Um, I have no experience with them. Yeah, fair enough. 
I don't know much about him myself. Uh, all right. What was next on my list? I had another list here. Uh, <laughs> over here. Nope, that's... So we covered your your new monitor controller. We've covered your new monitors, which look pretty deadly. Do you know how big they are? Um, by the looks of it, from what I can tell of like watching Nam videos, hmm. they are like similar size to your average eight inch um, Ooh, two way. But it is. okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm right on the Sweetwater site. Um, 14 and a half inches wide. So a little over a foot, uh, 12.9 inches tall. So about a foot and, uh, they're 9.2 inches deep. It's just less than a foot. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Considering they're almost 24 pounds each. Yeah. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Great reviews on Sweetwater. They look sexy though. Like I'm, I'm looking at the big, the big picture on Sweetwater, the black one. It yeah, just looks sexy. That's the ones I'm getting. And you're getting, you're obviously you're getting a left and a right. Yeah. 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 We double checked to make sure that I was getting a left and a right. Mm. Are you ordering just from like, from stock from around the company? Or are you, are um, you ordering direct? You're getting new the set. supplier. Yeah. That's what I meant. The supplier. Cool, cool. Doesn't make sense to get something from another location unless I can get it cheaper than my price, which there's not a whole lot of those speakers in the system. So, right. Uh, -da -da. Not many people apparently need three way speaker, but then again, most people don't understand the benefits of a three way speaker. Yeah, what are the benefits of a three way speaker? We've never actually talked about 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 that. Um, I mean, I have a lot of assumptions, but what are the benefits? Well, benefits to me are like, I'm not wasting a lot of energy, um, going to certain drivers. Like for example, if I'm going to an eight inch driver, uh, and I'm in my, my, uh, crossover points 2k, like that, that driver needs a lot of power to do all those frequencies. Whereas if it's at 400 Hertz, like that power can be more focused. Uh, and can you, so, can you explain that in a way that doesn't involve the power thing? Cause most of us don't understand what that really means anyway. Uh, essentially you're just allowing the speaker to, um, focus certain frequencies in a certain size of a driver. And if you have a bigger driver, you would want that to primarily to your low frequencies. And then you would want something smaller than that to do your mids. And then obviously the horn just does what all horns do and just your super highs. And so are you saying that, that a two way driver with a tweeter and a woofer are not efficient enough? Or are, are don't display frequencies accurately enough? Uh, they can definitely run into that issue. Certainly, I'm sure. Like some engineers, like the Neumann guys, they can make <laughs> some pretty clear sounding two ways. <laughs> um, but in general, uh, they, like it's just 
better practice to have your your big speaker to be your kind of you could think of it as a subwoofer almost i guess and then your your smaller uh, cone is just kind of your mid-range speaker and then your your tweeter is your your high frequency speaker Hmm. all right and because you're putting so much focus they have to work less to create that um that range so is there really that much is there really that much um, interference between, or like like I'm 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 looking at the crossover point between the mid range and the bass mm-hmm. speaker on on the uh, this Dyn Audio unit, um, and it's 490 hertz, so that means 500 and up. Yeah. The mid range below that is is in the bass. Um, if if they're all running in one speaker, that shouldn't be that that shouldn't be that much of a challenge should it or is there is is there supposed to be some noticeable improvement in the because your your big thing was detail right yeah is there supposed to be that much noticeable detail difference or that much noticeable improvement i don't know if the average listener would be able to hear it that's fair um but someone with a trained ear i'm sure would be able to get a substantial amount of detail out of the fact that they're they're using two drivers to get one to produce the low end, one to produce the mids. Hmm. It's been my experience with three-way speakers, anyway. Is that it, they usually equate to a much clearer sounding speaker? Okay. Compared to their two-way counterparts. Right. That's fair. Yeah. But hmm. of course, my understanding is a lot of like, there's a lot of power driving a lot of frequencies in a two-way. In a three-way, you can split that power and you can... There's still a ton of power here. Oh, yeah. Like, you're still using probably the same amount of power. You're just doing it more efficiently. Hmm. Right. Because there's, yeah, there's... uh. 80 watts just for the low end, 50 watts for the mid range, and 50 watts for the high end. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of power. I mean, it's not as much as the New Yorkville speakers. They're 300 watts for monitors. It's nuts. That's what they advertise. I think that's peak because I don't see why anyone would need a 300 watt monitor. Studio monitor? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's significant that's a ton um okay what else we got um oh it's art okay art is making studio monitors sort of yeah 300 watt that's messed up Mm -hmm. i'm gonna look at the specs see if they say it is a two-way, but they do have side address, like kind of speakers on them too. So that should be a three-way. Yeah, because that, that that side address is usually meant to be a sub, right? Usually, but this speaker is pretty weird. What's it called? Uh, RM five. Uh, RM five. RM five. Mm, excuse me. Room room monitor five. 
Ashdown makes it RM5, 500. Um, okay, so this is uh, ART RM5. They come with their own stand. Interesting. Uh, they are an interesting speaker. 125 watts for the low frequency times two, and then 25 watts for the high frequency times two. Is that for a pair? Uh, okay. So it's 300 watts total. So yeah, it's 125 uh, watts for the the cone and 25 watts for the horn. And because you buy a pair of these, it equates to that. Like they come in pairs. They don't come as single speakers. Right. Okay. That makes more and sense. they are technically a passive, but... They're... they're a, really? Yeah. Um, it, it's really weird. There's a power amplifier built in one... And then you send it uh, a speaker cable or whatever yeah. to the other. There's no indication that there's a um, that there's a side speaker, though. But there is. Are you sure? Yes. There's, there's no indication. Um, oh, it's hard to show, but like that side of it is a speaker. Are you sure that's just not a port? Because like I, I'm 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 reading here and there's. There's no mention of it. Um, uh, dual opposing radiators, high resolution ring radiator, tweeter, da 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 da. Sweet spot, um, versatility, three DSP modes. Um, ba -ba -ba -da. Um, I think those are the ring radiators. Yeah, but I don't think they're. I don't think that's an extra speaker. Hmm. Maybe it is. It's just a port. Yeah, I remember them talking to me like two years ago when they first announced them that it was going to be a speaker. Hmm. But it is also a company that like they announce something and then two years later it comes out. <laughs> yeah, way to stay on top of the top of the market. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like all their competitors is like come out with something that's better than what they originally planned before they even get their first version of the thing they invented <laughs> on the market. <laughs> yeah. This is another Yorkville company? Mm-hmm. Interesting. You didn't know that? I I always assumed. Yeah, ART is their uh was it? I don't know. It, it's one of their studio branches of the Yorkville brand. Gotcha. That's fair. There's, they were described to me as being the hardware um, company. Okay. And then Apex was supposed to be the microphone company, but they like ART has released microphones yeah, since so much, then. There's so much so crossover, yeah. It's just weird. Um but yeah, the Trainer, Apex, ART. I mean, there, there's a lot of companies. VTC, if people go to movie theaters. Oh, cool. VTC Pro Audio. Yeah, York, Yorkville makes those speakers for a lot of um, for IMAX or 
whatever the, I don't know, some big theater that some I don't really care that much about. <laughs> That's fair. With the exception of like how cool it was to watch, watch them build this gigantic, like eight foot tall and like six feet wide speaker. It has a hard and amount of drivers in it. Yeah. That's funny. And they have to build something like a dozen of them for just one room. <laughs> you have to have coverage. Well, I know you have right? to have coverage. It was just, it was, and it was interesting. Although my favorite part of that tour was watching the solder bath. The what? Solder bath. Solder you, bath. Okay. <clears throat> you said solder path. No, no, the no. bath. That's that's cool to watch. Just mm. they put all the parts in the PCB and then they run it through this bath, which just solders everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was in, it was cool just seeing this pool of solder, like liquid solder. A pool of liquid solder poured over everything. Over everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like there's a pool and it was like going through a machine and then. Mm -hmm. there's like a waterfall that it went through yeah I, <clears throat> I, do, do you know where to see that video like is it on youtube or something because that i like the, the sound of that but logistically i can't see how i can't envision how that would work without um, just bathing the whole thing in solder i don't know because i went to the physical place mm. so i don't know if there is a video of uh, gotcha solder bath so you're saying that some of this stuff is made in canada yeah really almost all of yorkville stuff is made in canada art no nor apex those are chinese things okay um but a lot of yorkville's made in canada trainers made in canada vtc is all made in canada Right. It, it, the higher quality stuff that uh, the Yorkville brand in general makes is all made in Canada. No kidding. Yeah. That's really cool. I just assumed so much of it was made in China, right? They definitely do got a lot of Chinese things. And currently me and a fellow rental person are having issues with some of the stupid Chinese things that they've been doing like there's a light or, or actually it's going to be all of our lasers now mm. because they go through a company that's not certified a certain way they no longer have iec um power inputs what so, oh, so it's all a stupid brick yeah, well it, it's a really dumb brick because it, it it's they got this cable that they have swinging from the lights and it's like six inches long and then it's got like a nine volt uh attachment to it oh yeah which then you have a another like power cable that's like 10 feet long that connects to that mm -hmm. which then has a brick yeah. which then has an iec input yeah and it's just like why can't you have that in the light and regulations like, man well, yeah, they, it was explained to us that it was regulations. And it's just like, well, how expensive is it to get regulated? Why aren't you getting a different company then to, because this is dumb and I don't want to rent these lights anymore. <laughs> like we have one in rentals right now mm. uh, at our location and it's only been out twice 
and we're already seeing signs of damage to the power cable. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because it's a stupid design. Uh, it's a cheap design. Yeah. It's a cost savings design. But the light is four or $500. Like, does getting that freaking license we'll probably bring raise, up that price? We'll probably raise the cost, of, cost by 200 bucks. Well, whatever. It's not a cheap light. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, um, <clears throat> so I'm looking up solder bath right now. <laughs> there probably are some YouTube videos on it. Maybe. Uh, some like do it yourself. Yeah. Solder bath machine. Solder bath machine. Like some of these. There, I think that would be the best one. This one I'm going to click on, but pause immediately. <laughs> Why not just play that into the microphone? That's good radio. Oh, I'm sure it would be. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, the one I saw was bigger than this thing. Mainly... Primarily because, like, some of the PCB boards that Yorkville have are it's huge. Huge. Yeah. And they'll usually, like, feed, like, four or five through at a time. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, I just got another email from Harrison. They're still running um, They're still running their mix bus sale for $19. Is that the full version? Uh, well, it's it's not the 32C. It's the one without all the... All the EQs. It, it still has all the EQs, but it doesn't have the 32C EQ built in. Hmm. Whatever. But their upgrades are super cheap. Anyway. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm interested in learning another DAW just for the... It's like a mixing board. It runs too slow. I, I've downloaded the demo of both of them. Oh, yeah. And they both run too slow on my computer. Like they're too, um, they're too resource heavy, I guess. Uh, on on, on Don't our, you have a pretty impressive computer. I thought I did. It's also close to ten years old too, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Makes me. I'll get a demo and see if it runs well on my computer. If it doesn't, then I know that they have to fix things. Well, it, and that's the thing is I. I haven't heard a lot of stories of, of it not running well. Um, and it doesn't run terribly. It's just slow and cumbersome. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously not a, like I, I, I ran it on the laptop, but my screen on the laptop is too small. Um, but running it on the tower downstairs, it, it, um, there's definitely some, definitely some slowness issues. Right. Yeah. Uh, I saw something, I saw something the other day. I'm going to see if I can find it again. Um, that, uh, um, Oh, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson, uh, announce a co-headlining tour. Oh, he's doing music again. Yeah. Rob Zombie, that is. Um, they're calling it, movies? they're calling it the twins of evil tour. Of course they are. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for sticking around. Um, while we talk about speakers, we'll uh, we'll see you next time with more Joey stuff. <laughs> Follow our hosts on Twitter at 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.